I love what Pastor Chin was saying about the importance of our expectation. The scripture says that the seed will fall on different types of ground and he's actually talking about the different conditions of hearts and the, the, the outcome that can be expected, that we can expect, so much of it comes down to how our hearts are prepared. Um, so we're in the middle of a series, Be and Make. And so it's a discipleship series. So be and make disciples. And the idea with it is, is that we are called to all called to be disciples. A disciple is a disciplined one. It's a follower of Jesus. But we're all also all called to make disciples. Um, we, the Great Commission, Jesus said, go and make disciples. It was like one of the few things that he just, when he was leaving the planet Earth, it was basically his last instruction was go and make disciples. So, uh, Chin, can you chuck us that water, mate? So, Melissa really started uh, last week talking about being a disciple and the value of being a disciple and, and some practical things around that. And back here next week, she's going to conclude the series on making disciples. So, I'm preaching on and. Mel got B, back here has make, and I've got and. So... I thought that was hilarious. I thought that was so funny. And uh, Daniel's doing his supporting laugh. All right. But so, w- so what I want to do is I actually want to try and join the two. I, I want to just get quite practical on being a disciple and also how that how we use that and, and to function as to be somebody who can also make disciples. Um, now, there's this really important scripture Matthew chapter 22 and 29, it's Jesus is, has been challenged by a group called the Sadducees and they're, they're talking to him about eternity and they're, they actually, uh, and they're, they're challenging his doctrine and they're trying to basically make him look foolish. And he, he's, as we get to verse 20, 29, it says, Jesus replied, you are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. And that's such a pregnant verse. It, it's, so, it's so loaded. It's you do not know the scriptures and you do not know the power. And what I love there is it shows that the scriptures and the power are separate. We, do also, we, we know that they, they are not uh, independent of each other. We know they're different facets of, of God, and, and, but they're actually two separate, uh, they're two separate entities. It says you don't know this and you don't know that. And, and the importance of, he says, you don't know that you're in error because you don't know the scripture. And you're also in error because you don't know God. You, you don't have an experiential uh, knowledge of the power of God. And so I think for us, a big part of growing up, uh, a big part of maturing in God is knowing the scripture. And, and to be really, really brutally honest, you will not know the scripture by listening to a sermon on a Sunday morning. That's not, that is, is you'll know little bits of it. You'll, you'll, you'll learn and it's, it's really important to be in church and to listen to sermons. Um, but more important is that you actually learn the scripture yourself. You, you read, you're reading the Bible. Uh, you're studying the Bible 
you're memorizing scripture and then applying it, doing what it says, that there is far more important than doing God a favor and ticking your Sunday morning box. And, and so Melissa touched on, uh, on what a mature believer is last week. And I just want to reiterate, maturity in God is to, it's, it's obedience to God. That's what a mature person in, in, in faith is someone that does what God tells them to. Some people have been saved for however many years, and but I can tell you that they're not mature. Like, they're not. It's like if somebody's been a tradesman, perhaps, for or doing a certain job for an extended time, then well, they might be saying, well, I've got 30 years of experience. But I think a lot of people don't have the 30 years of experience. I think they've got one year of experience and they've done that 30 times. They've got one one thing down and they've just kept doing the same thing. They've not grown over that period of time. And And walking with God is you can just do your basic come to church say prayers and you know before bed and before dinner and then do that 30 years in a row one on repeat but god is he invites us to go deeper um and for us to be people who make disciples we have to go deep we have to be people that know what it is to walk with God, who have got runs on the board, who have got a history of faithfulness, who have experienced the power of God, who can deliver the power of God. Um, we're not called to stop. We're not called to stop at step one. We're not called to stop at learning a little bit about Jesus. We're not called to stop at getting saved and born again. God has so much more for us. And you can't get it by just doing the token things now i want to um i want to read a passage of scripture and i want to all take take this further so genesis chapter 32 and start at 27 says so jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak when the man saw he could not overpower him he touched the socket of jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man the, uh, then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. This is such a random little bit of Bible. Like, you're reading the story, and like, sometimes I think we read the Bible with, like, no curiosity. Like, we read it like we are just got to get through it. Um, but like, aren't you curious? This guy comes across a bloke and just starts fighting him. Why? How did that start? What? What? It's like you just like see Jared walking along and then just go tackle him and then we just brawl for hours and hours. Like, 
Like, it does, there's no introduction to this. There's no, there's just, there was a man and he wrestled with him all through the night. And then we don't even know it was God until afterwards because it just says it was a man. And then later on, a, after it finishes, Jacob's like, I saw God face to face. And it, it's this most bizarre experience. And look, I can't, like I'm not God, so I'm not the one that goes like responsible for writing the scripture. But if I ever was, I would put a few more details in. But what we really see here is that Jacob was desperate for a blessing. He was desperate for a blessing. But if we understand the backstory, Jacob already had the blessing. He, he was already blessed. We from from Jacob had actually stolen the blessing. The blessing was supposed to go to his older brother. He's gone to his father when he was about to die and he's tricked his dad into say, to saying, to giving him the blessing. And that's why it's so important here when, the, when he's demanding this blessing is he, he's saying the, the man, which we know is God, says, what is your name? And that's a weird thing to do. You're fighting someone and then like in the middle of the fight, hey, what's your name? Like, and, and it seems random here, except when we understand the bigger picture is Jacob. There's a few things that, that really matter here. The word Jacob, the name Jacob actually means like liar, like dodgy. So, and, and that's like literally this guy's name's dodgy. Like he walks around and says, hey, dodgy. Well, he's sketchy, <laughs> like, you know, like, and that's his name. And, and, and it's marked him from the start. And he's walked around with this reputation and, and his life, he carries it out. We can see he's a hustler. And he, 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 when it comes to getting the blessing from his father, he doesn't even use his own name. He says, I'm Esau, and gets the blessing. And here, he's, he's demanding a blessing. And God says to him, what's your name? And he's got a chance here to right all the wrongs. He's got a chance here to actually let his guard down and be vulnerable before God, which he's never done before. He's gotten by on his wit. He's gotten by on a lie. He's gotten by through hustling. And here he's at a point where, and it's so amazing here because it says that God, the passage says, when the man saw um, it says, when the man saw he couldn't overcome him. God couldn't overcome him. He's wrestling with God and God couldn't break him down. He broke him down physically. It says he touched his hip. Like it sounds to my mind, it seems like maybe he dislocated his hip or did something quite significant. So he's broken him down physically, but he can't break him down. He, he won't. And I, I just, and I think there's a, a really important lesson for us here is God cannot break you down he can help you get tired he can help you get to the end of yourself he can give you like participate in a pretty bad night he can strip things back he can take things away but he can't break you down 
it actually comes to a point where you have to surrender. Like, oh, don't get me wrong, I think if he wanted to, he could. He could just put his dot of his little finger and squash you like a bug. I'm, but he's given you sovereignty. He's given you, you, you actually have dominion. You have got complete dominion of your own soul. And you, he can't force himself onto that. We have to actually relinquish that dominion. We have to say, God, here I am. My name is Jacob. And, and one of the things that I think we, if, if we're going to be men and women who are able to make disciples, we need to be men and women who know ourselves and are known. So this self-awareness, and I'm not talking about this in a, in a, you know, get overly introspective and think about your fault problems and all of this stuff, but I'm talking about being very real and very present and when thoughts are coming, actually processing them. One of the dangers we have being people of faith is we deny what's happening because there's a promise contrary to what's being experienced. The, the scripture says that who that hope springs faith and love spring from hope. And another place it says who hopes for what they already have. So there is an awareness that yes we are hoping for the promise to manifest but who hopes what they already have? And it's the weirdest paradox. It's like Jesus said, um, he said, if believe that you've received it and you will receive it. Like, it's like you don't have it, but if you believe you receive it, you will receive it. And, and our part of our, our responsibility as men and women who are growing in faith, being people who can lead other people, we have to first be able to lead ourselves. So we need to be able to operate in this paradox of believing we've received it and then also being aware that we don't actually have it and then ha and, and just sitting with that tension and being okay in that tension and, and 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 having the questions and being okay with questions that aren't answered and, and having pain and being okay with it it says here that the that that god touched jacob's hip and and he, and he damaged it significantly to the point where there, there's part of the the um one of the traditions that came out of this is there's a certain part of the hip of a lamb that they won't eat because because of this incident uh, one of there's a tendon that they won't eat in the hip and so Jacob's come away from this experience with a limp and and I, I think we need to be I don't trust somebody that doesn't have a limp I don't trust someone that doesn't have a limp and by that, I mean somebody who has never been broken down and given it over. And you can tell, you can tell when you meet people if they have a limp or not. There's a humility. And that doesn't mean the person's placid. It doesn't mean that they're weak. Or, but, but, it, but there is, there's a softness to them. There's a softness to people who have given up. There's a softness to people who have surrendered where they realize, you know what? I can't do this by myself. I need you, God. And actually and let go and, and sat there and, and live in that place. And we are called, and this is the thing, right? 
he fought all night with this guy. He didn't need to fight all night. 15 minutes into it, he could have said, you know what? I give up. Some of us are too strong for our own good, too stubborn for our own good. And, and most of the time what I find is a lot of it's connected to a really, really rough upbringing where you're forced to just do it by yourself. I can't trust anybody. I've been let down so many different times. I have to, I, I, all I've got is me. Um, you know, there's, and it's a real mindset and it's even celebrated like, you know, there's, you know, me against the world and, and all of this type of thing where it, it's actually treated as a, like it, it's, it's, it's held up as like a, as, as a, an attribute that's to be admired. But if we are going to be men and women who can lead others, can help other people along, we have to, you need to get to the end of yourself. You have to get to the end of yourself. And it doesn't mean you have to have it all figured out, but it means you have to get to the end of yourself. There's this scripture here in Matthew, and it says, uh, uh, Matthew seven eighteen says, A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. A bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Um, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. It says, by their fruit, you will recognize them. This, you can see this on people. You can see it on people. The outcomes in their lives they produce fruit. Now, you're looking at what sort of fruit are you producing. Now, sometimes we look at our fruit and it's just effort and effort and effort and no outcomes and it's just uh, frustration disappointment and, and or sometimes we look at it and then the people are blessed from having been around us you're going into environments where there was hostility and now there's not i remember working um in in one particular place and there were these older ladies that was that worked in the, there as well and they were like i love it when you i love it when you're here because everything just works everything just works out um, because it comes through you and people can see it. And you know those conversations you have with people and you don't know why, but it's just something like, it's, a, it's like you just want to argue with them or you, wanna f you feel like you've got to be defensive or you feel like, you, like it just doesn't sit comfortably because they're not safe. That's, that, that's, you're recognising their fruit. You're recognising it. And now it goes on here, it says, Thus uh, by their fruit you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Come down to, again, what I was talking about. Maturity is about obedience. Maturity is, do I, will I do what God tells me to do? And it's not talking here about, Faith uh, by um, salvation by works or righteousness because you're doing good things. But it's the fruit of knowing the scripture and knowing the power. It puts you in a place where if God says stuff, you know that's the best thing to do. You know that that's the best thing for you to do is to do what he's saying. Um, so 
not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, we, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive out demons in, um, and in your name perform many miracles? He's talking about people who have achieved stuff. This is like, a lot of the stuff he's talking about here, they're preachers he's talking about. These are men and women of God who are actually leading people, who are demonstrating the power of God, who are peop- that people are following because they're, they're maturing God. But then it says, Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Jesus, it really stuck out to me this morning when I was going over this where it says, I will tell them plainly. Jesus will often tell you things plainly. Sometimes the whole parable thing, not really for me. I need things told plainly (laughs) because not always the sharpest tool in the shed. But also because I know myself, a lot like Jacob in the story we read, I'm not always able to lay down my opinion easily. I'm not always able to, uh, to, to let go of what I want to happen, my, the way I want it to happen. And so sometimes Jesus will actually have to speak to you plainly. But what he says here is, I never knew you. I never knew you. So we're getting back to that wrestle where God speaks to Jacob. And in the fight, he's like, what is your name? You think God doesn't know your name? You think God didn't know his name? But there's something about a surrendered name, a surrendered heart that is different to a heart that's taken. It's saying here, I never knew you. God is saying to people who achieved great things, discipled other people, led in the church. God is saying to them, I never knew you. And because I didn't know you, you've got no part in me. We have to be known by God. The way we are known by God is by surrendering. It's by laying it down. It's by coming, it's by letting, letting go of the fight. It's, it's, it's putting your guard down. It's because you knew the scripture and we know the power. We know we can let our guard down with God. We know, he, we know he's safe. We know he's the best option. So what I really want to see for our church as we do become men and women who make disciples, in our personal discipleship journey of being a disciple, what, I, what we need, what we have to do here Because you can go further and and do all the amazing things. It says here, uh, did miracles, cast out demons, prophesy, all this cool stuff. That's like, you see people doing that, you think, oh, that's a godly person. You see people doing that, you think that guy's got a relationship with God. But it's here he says, God didn't even know him. So for us, as we be men and women who make disciples, in our being a disciple, we we have to let God know us. We have to let our guard down. We have to surrender. And it's from that place, guys, it's from that place that fruit will come, that that sweet, gentle kindness 
love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Uh, like this is the the outworking of that surrendered life, that surrendered heart. That's the fruit we will leave. And so when we're helping people with their journey in God, we're able to actually not just show them how to do things, but we can actually impart what we have into people. And I, I I just think... That's a really important part of and. I, I think that's what and is. It, it's the it's feet on earth, head in heaven. It, it's joining heaven and earth. The way that God wants it done. And then we're able to help other people to walk the way that he wants it done. There's a, a contrasting passage where... It's again, it's talking about that moment where the moment we just read there was get away from me, I never knew you. There's another place where it talks about a similar moment in the, in the person's life and it is, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a little bit. I'll trust you with a lot. It's like I never knew you or well done. I'm going to pray. I just invite everybody to bow their head and close their eyes. We're talking about this discipleship journey and being prepared to be somebody who can truly make disciples. But what I would like to do before we go any further is if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I'd invite you to start that journey today. And it's as simple as it's as simple as saying a prayer. And the scripture says that if you believe that Jesus has risen from the dead and you declare that he is Lord, you will be saved. It's as simple as positioning your heart and saying, God, here I am. My name is Jacob. So I'm going to say a prayer and I'm going to invite everybody to just to repeat it after me. And if you're praying this for the first time, uh, I just would just implore you just to mean it with all of your heart. I repeat after me, church. Dear God, I want to be known by you. From today forward, I will follow you. Wash me clean. Forgive me for living life my own way. Help me to walk with you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Just with everyone still with eyes closed and heads bowed, if, if, that, if you prayed that for the first time or you're coming home, maybe you once walked with God, if you prayed that for the first time, could I just ask you just to slip your hand in the air just so I can see it because I'd love to pray with you personally later. Yeah, I see that hand there. I see that hand there. One moment longer. God's just moving through this house. One moment longer. Amazing, amazing. Don't don't run off straight after the service, guys. I'd love to have a a chat with you guys afterwards and pray with you. But I'm going to pray for us all now. 
I just can just feel like there's just such, there's an anointing here of humility, of surrender. God, I pray that you would know us, Lord. God, we all got stuff that goes on and things that we have a hard time laying down. But God, we declare that we choose to lay it down. Help us to want to lay it down, God. Help, help us to want to give those things to you. Lord, where we've canted on ourselves for protection, where we've been fiercely independent, Lord, we lay it down. We just let you in and we say you, you, you are our protector. You are our provider. Holy Spirit, that you just would come into that place. And just, just even right now, I can just feel weights lifting off people's shoulders. It's a weight you were never designed to carry. Holy Spirit, just sweep through these, just sweep through this place, Lord God. So we just open ourselves up to you, Lord. You're amazing. We love you. We just stay open towards you, Lord God. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. And church, we're going to worship. I just think God wants to still minister, so just, just, just do business with God while we worship. If anyone wants prayer for anything, please come forward. We'd love